we ought to just say amen and go to an early lunch. I don't see a whole lot of need for a message. Bless you, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you something. You know, you can come in and not really feel like doing any of that, but when the Spirit moves in the room and it kind of gets out yonder and you kind of let it in, you don't need a whole lot of preaching because you just heard the message. But I want to say something to you because here's the thing. That song they just did is great news if you know Jesus. But you see, for that to be great news, you got to know him. Now, what does know him mean? That doesn't mean you know his name. That doesn't mean you know about him. No, it means you know him because here's why. You have had a personal confrontation with your sin. And you have looked to the one and confessed, Lord, I'm a sinner. I have sinned against you, and I do not deserve deserve to be forgiven. But you died. You gave your life on a cross so that I might have eternal life and be saved by the blood of Jesus, not by any act of my own. And he looks back at you, and he says, what sin? What sin? You see, the blood of Jesus that was sacrificed on that cross, you see, he gave his life. They didn't take it from him. But he freely gave his life, and that blood washed your sin, my sin, away. And we are forgiven. And when that mighty trumpet sounds, we're going up. I love what Pastor Walker said. Where's heaven? Well, it's got to be up somewhere. But if you haven't done that, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me right now. I know you're not supposed to do this till the end. I don't care. We're going to do it now. If you haven't done that, you're online. You have not done that. You need to know the life-changing blood of Jesus available to you. Lord, Say this prayer with me. Lord, I am a sinner. I cannot and do not deserve forgiveness. I accept your blood over my sins, and I am washed clean. And Lord, I accept your Son. Jesus, as my Savior, as my Lord, as my King, as my Deliverer, as my love, because you said you died for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you that prayed that. Because you see, he's done it. So you, we, you, next time you hear that song, you're going to be one of them here at the trumpet. And I got good news. That's good news. Because you see, there is a hell. 
there is a hell. Keep it simple. So far, we haven't done a whole lot of that. But keep it simple, living life with the Holy Spirit. Now, my wife and I, driving back from Big Bend a couple of weeks ago, when we were talking about what to call this and what we were going to do and what we were going to say, we, you know, you can get in those conversations where you try to, you know, really think it through, process it is the, is the way they say it today. You know, I got news for you. If I try to process something, it's just going to look like cheese. Nothing's going to happen with it at all, okay? But we tried and we tried and we tried, and then all of a sudden, this just dropped in. And I'll tell you, it came from him. But keep it simple. It's about the Holy Spirit. Living life, and here's a key word, living life with the Holy Spirit. Okay, the word there is with. You see, sometimes I can get real confused over with and in because I've heard people say this, and, and I'm not even going to give the quote but sometimes there are some people that have an attitude, well, I haven't done anything wrong because I got Jesus and I, I can do anything I want to. Jack, you are so wrong. You need to go back and read what his word says. But living life with the Holy Spirit is about this. It's about what you are going to do tomorrow morning or this afternoon, where you go to eat, where you go to work, when you're doing housework, when you're teaching, when you're taking kids to school, when you're doing what you're doing, guys, in your workplace. You need to know you got Jesus, you have the Spirit, and you're not alone. But it can get complicated sometimes in our brain when we try to figure, okay, Lord, i got to do this in the Spirit. So, God, I've got to do this. I know you told me to do it. The Bible said it. Pastor Walker said it. And I know I'm supposed to do it. And then you get there, and it's like this. You're looking anywhere you can to avoid anything to encounter. Here's the good news. The Holy Spirit has another name. The Holy Spirit has a name that I'm going to read out of John 14, 16. Here's what it says. And I will ask the Father, that's God, and he will, that's a promise, give you and you and you and you and you and you and you, and you Another what? Helper. That he may be with you at Academy when you're shopping for bullets, if you're a hunter. Or at the grocery store if you're looking for chips. I'm not going to give a brand any boost here. But here's the thing. He's going to be with you forever. That means when the trumpet blows, he's still with you. When you get up there, you're in the presence of God Almighty and Jesus, the Son of God. You see, he sent his spirit to what? To help us. Now, here's the thing that gets complicated. We can hear that. I can hear that because I'm slow. And I can go, okay, then what do I need to do to help? <laughs> okay, wait, let's, read, let's go back and read that again. And I will ask the Father, and he, him, will give you, 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 another helper that he may be with you forever. Here's a key phrase you need to remember about the Holy Spirit, who is the helper with a capital H. The helper does not need your help. It's done. All my help's going to do is get in the way of what he wants to do. 
Now, what he can do, and he will do, as he done with me frequently, he'll just move me out of the way and do what he wants to do anyway. But you see, if I'll do what he says, and it's simple to do what he says, then not only will one be blessed, but I will be blessed. It's a two-way street when you work and when you're doing it with the helper. Another scripture says this, Romans 15, 13, filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit. Now, how in the world is that what? Life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's a good question. And there's a way he does it. And my precious bride, my precious wife, Lida, is going to tell you how he does that. I think the key word there that can give each one of us such peace and such rest and such hope is the energy of the Holy Spirit. In other words, he's saying to you and he's saying to me, it's not going to be your own energy. It's not going to be your own efforts. It's not going to be you trying to work harder. It's going to be you watching the energy of the Holy Spirit flowing through you. And that's a promise that not only has he put the Holy Spirit inside of you, but there is an energy that is released into your thoughts, into your actions, into your whole life that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. Our pastor has a great phrase when he says, you can recognize the working of the Holy Spirit when you know there's something else beating in your chest beside your heart. <laughs> and that's what he's saying, is that there are moments in your life that you think, oh my gosh, something, that came out of me, and that wasn't me. That was the Holy Spirit. And so he, we start this message today about the hope of the energizing power of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. And he, he goes on and he's talking about your life. And he's talking about each one of you, the life that you have as an individual. You specifically, individually. And he says, abide in me. And what he's saying is, is that energy of the Holy Spirit that he's put inside of you, he wants for you to know that power in every aspect of your life, in every relationship, in every activity, in every area of your life. And he says it in Romans 12:1. He says, and I'm going to add the word you because I want this to be personal. We want this message to be personal, to hit your heart, not your husbands or your kids or whoever, your work people, but this is like tunnel vision for you. And it says, you, Romans 12, 1, then goes on and says, take your everyday life, your ordinary life, we can look at our lives and say, oh, that is just my normal routine, la, la, la. And he's saying, your normal routine is exactly where I want the energy of the Holy Spirit to flow through you. 
It says you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, and you're walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Now, those last words, that place it before God as an offering, can sound a little religious. And so we're going to paraphrase it and say, you just acknowledge your ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, and you're walking around life as a place where God wants to meet you with the power and the energy of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.3 says, in light of all this, and this was written by Paul when he was in jail. It says, in light of all this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to go out there. And I want you to walk. Better yet, run. On the road, God has called you to travel. So what he's saying there through the message of Paul is God has you specifically on a path just in your ordinary life that you and you alone have a sphere of influence. That means you have the privilege to influence like nobody else can. You know, sometimes we can look at and say, well, Pastor Walker's going to live that way. Or Franklin Graham's going to live that way. Or Kay Arthur's going to live that way. Or on and on and on. We look at these people in public ministry and we think, okay, well, that's what they're supposed to do. They're in full-time ministry. Well, let me tell you what. You're in full-time ministry, too, because you have the energy of the Holy Spirit, and your path crosses other people's paths that nobody else is going nobody else is going to encounter those individuals. Nobody else is going to be at HEB at the specific time that you're there, looking into faces and picking up on needs that may be never spoken that you have an opportunity for the energy of the Holy Spirit flowing through you to pray for him either out loud, individually, or just to stand and quietly pray for him. You know, I've, about, I've gotten so, I don't, I don't know how many of y'all would be able to raise your hand and say, you really like waiting in line. <laughs> you know, oh, this is so much fun. I get to wait in line again. And yet, one of the reasons why... God lets us wait in line that while we're standing there, we can notice people around us that he has put in our path specifically to be able to notice what's going on in their lives and to be able to pray for them, to be able to give them a word of encouragement, or maybe even to do some act of service and helps to them. Um, Them being able to... um, carry a grocery bag out that's too heavy for them or they'll be able to um, find an item more and more I realize they just have y'all ever noticed sometimes it seems like they turn the grocery store over overnight and you can't find something that used to be there little acts of service like can I help you find something Um, things like that that's where the simplicity of following the spirit comes in so what you're going to do is you're going to start 
because we're going to pray for you, that on that road you travel in your ordinary life, you're going to think, oh, my goodness, how this has changed. It's not just the humdrum routine of my life, but it's like an adventure of saying, okay, God, why have you put me right here, right now, in these circumstances with these people? And watch what he tells you. Sometimes you kind of think, oh, my goodness, I can almost hear his voice. Sometimes it's just like a little nudge where you think, gosh, you know, that, that guy over there looks really sad. I can just stand here and pray for him. Sometimes it's just an undeniable instruction to say, would you just walk up to that person and see if you can help them? All of those are the simple ways of doing life in the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so Jerry is going to share with you on our adventures a couple of presentations that God just put us in front of people and said, okay, I have you here right now for this purpose in their lives, just like he's going to do in your life. Did y'all notice that when she's mentioning all those great people, she didn't mention my name? I mean, I'm sitting back there thinking, you know, she's going to turn to me and say, and even my husband. Well, the truth of the matter is she knows there would be a lie because I ain't that way. I'm not. I'm not. I get busy. And, you know, the Holy Spirit has a sense of humor, and I know probably you're going, oh, how can you say that? Well, here's the truth. If he can do it in me, he's got to have a sense of humor because that's not the way I'm wired. I mean, if I'm waiting in line, I don't really care about anything but getting through the line and out the door. In fact, I'm so impatient with a line that we got to Hobby Lobby the other day, <laughs> which is literally hell on earth for me to walk into that store, okay? But we walked into Hobby Lobby, and we're standing in line, and there's about two people. That's all it takes, more than one if it's two, because it never fails. The one in front of the first one has one thing. The one in between her and the other one has 457. And they're at the speedy checkout line. I'll look at her and say, <clears throat> what do I say? I'm gone. I'm going to go to the truck or go to the car. Well, here's the thing. Guys, this is for you. The thing about it is we can sometimes, I, <laughs> we, notice I said we, can sometimes think, well, you know, that kind of stuff is good for the women. Because, you know, they're supposed to be that way. They're soft, tender, loving, and all those kind of things. Man, I got a job to do. I got things to go to. I got to get my bullets. I got to get my gun clean. I got to get my, you know, car wash, truck wash. And we can just bust through life. And it's almost like the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit standing there kind of watching us go and go and go. And we're saying, you know, God, use me. And then we just start running as far as we can. Well, that would be me. And so on this trip, we had a thought and we had a, a prayer that just kind of came, um, and it was this, Lord, let us see your face on this trip. Lord, we want to do that. And we set out, and we began to travel, and one of the first places we went to was uh, the Grand Canyon. Now, the Grand Canyon is beautiful, and it's awesome, and it's a God-created place that is amazing. But that's not where the amazing part happens. You see, 
that first day we got there, we were going to take it easy, so we did about eight miles walking through the canyon and all this kind of stuff. The next day, we did 12 miles. Then we decided, we're 70 years old, so there was a little bit of a stretch, but God got us through it. He had to have been the one that got us through it. But then we go to eat in this in this hotel. And this hotel, um, I mean, it's it's really, really nice. I'll just say that. But here's the best thing about it, guys. It has a buffet like you ain't never seen in your life. We're talking about Meat Eater, that show. It's got meat on one whole side. It's got pancakes and waffles all the way down this side. And then it skips a beat. And then it's got biscuits. And it's got hot gravy. And then it's got eggs, omelet. It even had burritos. I mean, come on, guys. We're talking about the Grand Canyon. This is a fantastic place. And I'm in there eating. And I'm walking in there, and I will guarantee you one thing. The thought of praying for anybody was not in my vocabulary. I only had one thing in mind. I'm going to eat because we're fixing to go walking some more, and I'm going to need all the – see, I just needed an excuse to eat all I wanted to. So I did, and I'm sitting there eating, and I'm having a good time, and we're talking to each other, and, you know, we're listening because I like to listen to people's conversations. I'm just snoopy like that because I like to hear how far you walk and how, what height did you take. And all of a sudden, this six-foot-three guy walks up, nice-looking gentleman, walks up beside the table. We're sitting there at the table for two, and I'm, I'm just eating. I'm focused on getting that food from there to my mouth. And all of a sudden, this big guy walks by, and big meaning six-foot-three, six-four. That's how my height is. But I'm sitting down, so he looks big to me. And he walks up, and he stands there, and good day. Good day. Are you enjoying yourselves? Yes, sir. Well, we're certainly glad to have you with us today. And anything we can do for you, please let us know. I'm fine. I'm fine. Bye. Please leave. Please leave. Please leave. And this one starts a conversation. This one starts a conversation. In the middle of the conversation, I'm sitting there going, okay, Lida, please, can I just eat my food? This young man says, well, I just wanted to make sure that you're having a good time and that you were happy. And Oh, by the way, I got married last night. And I went, you fool, what are you doing here? <laughs> you got married last night and you're here? You're going to have trouble when you go home. But then he said, but I just got promoted to this really, really nice place. And it happened to be the general manager. The general manager is the top dog at this place. And then I got interested. <laughs> I thought, hmm, so you got married and you're here and you just got promoted. And I'm the last person on earth that thinks this way normally. But the Holy Spirit is simple. Sometimes it's just a, like a nut nudge. And I just said, because I knew she was praying. It's her fault again. She was praying that I'd open up my mouth and follow what the Holy Spirit said to do. And I looked at him. I mean, I looked up at him. And I've never done this in my life. Never have I done this in my life. I said, can I pray for you? Now, I've done it in other places where you would kind of expect the response to be yes, but this is the general manager who just got married, who just got promoted, 
And I can't believe I've opened my mouth and asked that question. And I thought, well, maybe he'll say no. <laughs> I was kind of, you please say no. But he didn't say no. He said, sure. Now, this also happened to me, and it's never happened before. You can ask her. She'll tell the, I mean, I don't do this. But he does. If we follow the path he has us on. I said, I know who you are, and I know what your job is, and the last thing I want to do is embarrass you. So I'm not going to ask you to shut your eyes or hold hands and sing kumbaya or do any of that. You and I are just going to have a conversation, and it's going to be a prayer to God, and I'm going to be smiling all the way through it, and you can just look at me and listen. And I prayed. What I prayed, I have no clue. But I know this much. The look on his face changed from the businessman to someone who needed hope and needed prayer and appreciated it from a fool like me who there was nothing in to do that except his Holy Spirit the helper did that, and we kept it very, very simple. You see, the thing about this Holy Spirit is it can get so complicated that we can think, wait a minute, if I can't pray like all these other people pray, if I can't do that, quote 400 scriptures and do that, I'm not qualified to pray. Wrong. Well, I don't know enough. I'm, you know, I had this said to me in, uh, more times than I can imagine. In sitting around a table with guys a lot of times, and sometimes it's with ladies, but mainly with guys, they will say to me this, I don't know how to pray to God. I don't know the right words to say and the right things to say to God. And I'll look at them, and some of them are in this room, actually. I'll look at them, and I will say to them, wait a minute. Are you not just talking to me? Yeah. Then it's just a matter of talking to God. You see, he's not impressed by your eloquence. I don't care if you're whoever you are. He don't give a rip about your eloquence. But he cares a whole lot about the heart you give it with. And you see, His Spirit in you, if you know Jesus, again, if you know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, His Spirit is in you, He will listen to what you say, no matter how silly it may sound in your ears to Him. He's saying, talk to me, son. Talk to me, son. I love to hear from you. And I want to talk back to you by the Spirit in you. You see, Open your mouth. Dave Busby was an evangelist who had cystic fibrosis from a, from a young guy. And I mean, he was sick, 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 but yet he kept preaching, preaching, preaching. He had the loudest voice. I mean, for a guy who had no lung capacity, he could scream and those doors back yonder would rattle without a microphone. But here's the thing. He said one time in teaching, he said, you know, folks, this praying has gotten really complicated by the religious folks by the religious folks. He said, all God needs to hear is your heart in a breath prayer. 
You see, God doesn't need to hear your verbal voice. He's listening for the voice from in here that only you and him can hear. Amen? We are not to pray to impress other folks. I'm sorry, they don't count. Only thing that counts is from here, inside here, up to there. Now, sometimes he'll have you do that quietly, and other times he'll marry you to Lida, and you will find yourself in a place where that's the last thing you're expecting to have happen. I'll tell you what I mean. We're in Wyoming. We booked this place and rebooked this place. It's a little place. I think we stayed, what, three nights? Three nights. And uh, up in the mountains, and we couldn't get there the first night we wanted to, so they said, well, if you'll move it one night, then I think we can get you in. So we go driving up there away from where we were staying, and we go driving by, and we're looking for the sign, and, you know, we're both looking. We have our GPS thing here. We have this. We have our phone, none of which are working right. But we're driving, and we're supposed to be able to see a sign. Well, we drive right by this place, and there's all these construction trucks, but you couldn't see any signs, so we drove on fast, keep looking for it. Well, we went about another 15, 20 miles, and I looked at her, and I said, I think we've missed it. So she called. Self-service works. She called. She said, yeah, we're open. Come on in. And I said, well, the problem is, is we didn't see the place. And she said, well, there may be some construction trucks. In the I'm talking about construction that go to the ceiling. They're that big. How are we going to see the sign? Well, we didn't see the sign, but we saw the trucks. So we drive up. We go into this place, and we know we have reservations because the boss, the lady, said we have reservations. And she was opening the place up. Now, listen to this. You don't think God will provide for some things for you? This place was closed, but they said, you come on in, and we'll open it for you. Well, that was great news, amen? Yeah, that's great, that's cool. And the problem is there's these big trucks in the way. So I pull up to the place, and I just say this. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm from Texas, and we're getting told we're supposed to have this, this lodge up yonder we're supposed to be able to go into, and we can't get through because your big trucks are in the way. Well, it's closed. And I go, well, you know, we're, <laughs> we're a little slow in Texas, but the lady done told us that it's open. And I said, I'm not kidding. Ask her if I'm kidding. I said it exactly that way. See, if you say you're from Texas that way, you'd be surprised. They'll feel sorry for you and pretty much give you anything you want. It just works, especially if you're old, okay? If you're young, they might they think you're a smart aleck. But when they look at us, they go, well, they could. They, that's got to be honest. Well, so they moved the truck, and he said, well, I don't think you can get to the bridge because there's another guy up yonder, and he's doing work, so I don't, I don't think you can make it. Well, we said, you know, if you'll just let us give a shot. So we drove up yonder. And we get to this place where there's the bridge. We can see the home run place to go. Between us and them is a big truck and one guy. And I'm thinking, Lida says, run it. And I said, no, no, she didn't say that. But what they did is we came up to the place, and the guy was standing there, and he, was, he got out, and he walks over. Can I help you? Yeah, we're from Texas. We're a little, a little slow. But uh, we've been told that they have that lodge there open, and we kind of need to get by you and across that bridge to get to the lodge. He said, well, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. And this is the way he talked. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn my back. Y'all guys just drive on through. And if anybody asks me, I didn't see no white Chevy 4x4 off-road pickup truck go by. I don't know what they're talking about. This bridge had never been driven on. Got it? So we drive across the bridge. We get to the place, get to our room. Beautiful spot overlooking the lake. Pretty trees. All the color stuff that's not in Texas unless you go to Big Ben. But it's just, it's just nowhere to be found. So we get in that room, and we're good. 
And I'm thinking to myself, this is amazing. And they've even opened up the restaurant for us. Now, the restaurant is on a lake, and it has all these windows. And remember, we are the only people there. But before we got to the room, the first time these two ladies came out to help us tell us which place to go to, and I, hi, how y'all doing? We're glad to see you. Yeah, we are glad to be here. Bye. Because I wanted to go to the room. Lida has struck up a lifelong conversation with him at that point. I didn't know about this, by the way. And so we go drive to the room, and we have this romantic, wonderful dinner planned, at least I did, dinner planned by the window overlooking the lake with the sunset going down behind the mountains in this restaurant that we were the only people there. Can you think of a sweeter thing? I, mean, just, it, I was looking forward to it, just being alone with my bride. And then the door opened back over yonder. And I'm looking at her, and Lida goes, and I'm thinking, oh, no. Hi. Hi. This is the hi. Y'all, come on over. Come on. We got places here. There's a place there, and there's a place there. Remember the two women I, women I told you about when we drove in that they helped us find our place? They happened to walk in. They were working there as volunteers. Well, guess what? They took her up on her offer. At that point, I was looking at Lida going, I can't believe you did what you just did. And had there been some way to get through the window at that point, I would have gone through the window and had lunch on the deck by, or dinner on the deck by myself, but I didn't. Well, then that wasn't all. Then the owner walks in. The lady owner walks in. Here we go again. Hey, come join us. There's room at the end of the table. I told you Hobby Lobby seemed like hell to me. At that particular moment, I thought I had gone back to Hobby Lobby because I had nothing but women surrounding me. There wasn't a man to be seen. So I wasn't particularly in the mood to do any ministry, to be real honest with you. I was more in the mood to evade, evacuate, and run. But you know what happened? We began to listen to their story. And they had no reason. They had no reason to begin to share their lives with us. The one sitting beside me had been, had been divorced three times or four times. Three times was going through divorce number four, right? The one across was kind of her friend. They were there working as volunteers, and she was there with her. The lady who was the owner um, with her husband who was the owner of the place, they had been working in the mission field for years building water wells all around the world. And she was worried about her business. And they were, and it was really hard. It's hard making, staying, surviving the winter in Wyoming if you have a business. And she was worried about that. They began to share their lives with us. Now, you know what? There was no reason for them to do that except this. Of the Holy Spirit in that place, in that one, and they profess to know Jesus, by the way. The Holy Spirit in that place opened their hearts up, and even me opened my heart up to begin to sense and to feel that this is what we were supposed to be doing, in spite of the steak and baked potato that was sitting in front of me. There was something more important to be done. And so we listened and we encouraged. The lady beside us, you know, she, she kept pulling down her sleeve. 
And I kept going, what's she doing? Why's she pulling her? And I looked, and she had tattoos. She had ink. And you know what I said? I said, who did your ink? Because they did a good job. You see, remember that shame breaker part of that one song? See, she was letting that, 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 that beautiful work that somebody had done, artists had done, shame her. Well, we ended up, I would like to say we ended up, but there's a certain lady sitting behind me who once we had heard their story and we had, we had spoke life to them, we believed by the Spirit. See, we just talked to them. Remember, it wasn't anything big. It wasn't anything giant. It was real, real simple. We just listened and then we just talked. And then Lida does what she'll do to me on occasion. What she knows, she puts me in the spot that I least want to be. She says, bear. That's what she calls me. I told her never to holler bear in the middle of the woods in Wyoming because they're going to get a whole other result. You don't do that. But she said, bear, I think you're supposed to pray for these ladies. Now, what am I going to say? No. You know? But you know what? The Holy Spirit, like I said, doesn't need any help because he sent the helper. And I just shut my eyes, and I begin to pray, simple prayer, Lord, help them. Lord, be with them. Lord, let them know you love them. Just a simple, simple prayer. But you could hear the tears of their heart. You could hear their spirit being touched, not by the words, but by the unspoken words of the Holy Spirit into their lives, which breathe life and hope to them. You see, an unwilling, un-doggone it, I can't believe this happened thing, God just kind of looks at that and goes, Jerry, I've known you for your whole life, and before that, just get out of the way. And watch what I'll do. And you may say, well, how does that apply to me? Are you going to go eat somewhere? <laughs> See, the best Western guy, I had to pray with my eyes open because I knew what would happen if we had done it a different way. And I didn't want to put him in a bad spot because, believe me, as you well know, praying in public is something you really just, just frowned on. You can cuss like crazy. You can do all this other stuff, but don't you dare pray because you'll get people in trouble. I didn't know how to do that, but the Holy Spirit did. And so what happened through that was at that restaurant in that place and in that other restaurant at that place, two totally different situations, same Holy Spirit, same God, same message. He is hope for you. Amen? And each and every one of you, buddy, talking to the guys, Ladies, he can do it through you. And it isn't that you got to pray out loud either. You can just do it with a breath prayer, a simple prayer, just looking at somebody and saying, in your mind, Holy Spirit, help him. Holy Spirit, help him. And he'll use you. You see, it's not just about church. If it's just about church, and unfortunately, unfortunately, that happens the way it is in a lot of places. 
It's about how good I leave feeling on Sunday rather than how much I go following what the Holy Spirit wants to me do out there on Monday through Saturday and where I live, where I work, where I play. He wants to use you. But you need to be able to say, okay, God, I'm good with that. And that's what Light is going to talk about. Sometimes God is just, he knows us so well that when he asks us to do something, he goes on to say, you know, <laughs> this is going to work for your good. You're going to benefit from this. Your life is going to be better when you do what I ask you to do. And when he says to you and he says to me, "Let just take your ordinary life as he does in Romans 12. And then when he goes on and says, believe in the energy of the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. When you partner with him, not only do things happen in those lives that you um, are exposed to and choose to affect through prayer and service and encouragement, but all of a sudden you realize something's going off inside of you like joy and like peace and like affirmation of who you are because that's why you were created. He made you with a plan for your life. And part of that plan is seeing him work in you and through you. Um, in the Old Testament, there's a scripture that says, without vision, people perish. And if you paraphrase that, what he's saying is that each one of you and and each person created needs to have some idea of a vision for their life. Or otherwise, it just all gets eaten up and beat down by just the mundane routine of life. And so the vision that we want to impart that came from him, not us, is to say to you, this part of your life can be the best part of your life. This can be the fullest part of your life. This can be the richest. This can be even a healing part of your life. And, and when his plan is to bless you and enrich you and give you joy and delight in an area, you can bet that the enemy is not far behind. And he will use primarily your past to say, you know, you blew it so bad. How could you ever think that you could do something like this? And that's a lie. That's why Jesus died for you and for me. I wasn't saved until I was 36 years old. And I am here to tell you I walked in some pretty dark, horrible, yucky places. And yet the power of the blood of Jesus Christ has washed me clean and washed each believer clean of the shame of their past and the guilt of their past so that we can walk in newness of life and experience life in the Holy Spirit that he planned for us. One of the other laws is comparison. You can say, well, that's fine for you and Jerry because you all have both been in ministry since the crust hardened on the earth. No, <laughs> it's not about 
um, being in full-time ministry, it's about loving Jesus and knowing you're saved and walking in the energy of the Holy Spirit. And you see, he says in his word that the part of the Holy Spirit that he's put inside of you is unique and special. It's called the Metron. And nobody else since the earth began, since mankind was started, has had that specific portion of the Metron of the Holy Spirit inside of them. And nobody will ever again have that specific Metron. You are unique and created in his favor and his love to be able to walk and to share a part of the Holy Spirit like nobody else can. And so he's calling you today. He's wooing you today. He's inviting you today to say, let's do life together. Let's have this adventure together. And not only will you affect lives, but you will also be greatly affected and affirmed and confirmed. Romans 8, 4 says, simply embrace what the Spirit's doing. Don't make it hard. Don't make it difficult. Don't make it complicated. Don't make it limited. But just when you get that little nudge or when you hear that little voice or when you have that impression that comes upon you through the power of the Holy Spirit, those are the, that's when you just step into that place and wait and watch and see how this Holy Spirit gives you that life-giving energy. Life-giving both for them and for you. You know, we started this. Amen. You know, we started this at the Grand Canyon, and there's one thing I want to say. You don't have to always go out and find. Sometimes he will send them to you. We were on a bus uh, going on a tour, you know, kind of riding around the rim at the Grand Canyon, and we got off the bus at this one rest stop, and we got off, and we walked off to the right, and everybody else went that way to the tourist thing, and the bus driver got off, and we stood over there by ourselves. We weren't really paying attention. We were kind of figuring out what we were going to do next, and we're over standing with each other, and all of a sudden, this bus driver comes down out of the bus, and he walks over here, and he begins to carry on a conversation. Now, remember, we didn't go to him. He came to us. And all we did was say, how you doing? Now, that's really spiritual. How you doing? Well, he said, you know, today's my birthday and my anniversary. Okay, now he's just told us two things about his life that he's proud of, he's happy about, and he's celebrating by driving a bus around the Grand Canyon. Oh, he's 83, 83 years old. Okay, so he's come to us. We didn't go to him. He says instantly, it's my birthday and my anniversary. Now, what had we said at that point that would lead him to say any of that? We hadn't said anything but the Holy Spirit in him said it to us. You know why I know? It's because I asked him, I said, well, congratulations, that's fantastic. And then he said, you know, it really is, it really is good, but you know, I still miss my son. He died a couple years ago, and I've never really gotten over that. Okay, one more time. What have we said spiritual to him other than, hi, how you doing? And he's come over now and told us it's his birthday, it's his anniversary, and he's lost a son. 
and he's having a hard time getting over it. I asked him this question. I said, he, he, well, what did you do? What, what, what have you done? What have you done? You know, again, me, Mr. Spirits are going, oh, well, I know to pray now. No, I am still talking like an idiot. I mean, I'm just asking him questions. And he says, well, when I got out of Southwestern Seminary, I just, and I heard that, and I don't really know what else he said, but I, he, had, he did preaching all over smaller churches and whatnot for his whole life when he retired, and he came up there to be a bus driver. Well, all of a sudden, I realized I was a retired pastor. See, I forget that because I don't ever think about being a pastor. I don't. I mean, I think about being retired. I mean, somebody said, you know, what's being retired like? Well, every day's a Saturday. <laughs> and that's not a bad deal, um, except for Sunday. He did add that on the equation. But I just sat there, and we listened to him for a while. And he said, you know, I drive the bus because here's the thing. When I drive among these trees and these tall, tall trees, he said, you know what I see? It's like arms lifted up, giving praise to God Almighty. Now, what have I said spiritual so far to him? Absolutely nothing. But what has the Holy Spirit done? He's opened up a path between him, my bride, and myself that only he can do. He brought him to us. We were brought to him. We just walked, not ignorant about the whole thing. But the helper knew, and then we just said something. I said something to him. Can we pray for you? And very quickly, it was a yes. And we prayed. We prayed for his marriage. We prayed for his job. Prayed for his heart to be healed of the son that he had lost. And you could hear the tears from this 83-year-old bus driver at the Grand Canyon. And when we finished and said amen, he pulled out a little book. And he wrote our name down. And he said, I just want to write y'all's names down so that I can pray for you. You see, it's simple. He's going to put you on paths in your life, whether it's it, I'm not going to give illustrations. You can figure it out where you live. He's going to put things in front of you, and it's opportunities for the Holy Spirit to use you. And he's not looking for your intelligence. He's looking for your obedience. Because remember, if the Holy Spirit resides within you, he is also called the helper. And the helper doesn't need our help. He will do it all for us. He will provide the pathway. He will provide the opportunity. And when we say listen, don't get big about that. Sometimes it's just, just an impression. Just do what he says and watch what happens. And it doesn't have to even be out loud, guys. It can just be thinking it, thinking it. But again, we started this message with this statement. You must know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord to have that Spirit live within you. Because without Jesus in you, oh, there's still a Holy Spirit. You're not going to hold up the Holy Spirit. 
He'll move you where he wants to, and you don't even know it. But isn't it nice to know when he's moving you and what he's doing for you? Even when you're not looking for it, which would describe me to a T. So I want to do this one more time. Simple prayer. But if you feel, if you know that you need and you want more than, more importantly, do you want this Jesus in your life? So I want to ask the prayer partners to come forward real quick. And I'm going to pray a prayer out loud, and it's a simple prayer. But if you are saying today, I need this Jesus, I want this Jesus in my heart. And when you ask him, he will come in, and his spirit will come with him. So pray this with me. If you're online, you don't got to be in here. And you don't have to make a big deal. You don't even have to pray out loud. Just pray with me. Dear Jesus, forgive me. I am a sinner. I do not deserve. I cannot earn your forgiveness. But I need you. And I acknowledge that you are Jesus Christ, my Savior and Lord. Forgive me of sins that I know of and sins that I don't know of. Thank you for your blood that washes me clean. And I accept you as my Savior, as my Lord as my Redeemer. Thank you, Jesus, for coming in to my life. And Holy Spirit, empower me to follow the path you have for me. For it's in your Son's name I'm praying this to you, God. Jesus, the Christ of Nazareth, Amen and amen. If you've prayed that prayer or 